the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The nation of Israel was actually very, very prosperous. In fact, it was a time of prosperity and peace, second only to the time of David and Solomon. And so you can imagine that the people didn't really believe what Hosea was saying about judgment, about the end. But judgment was coming. Although the nation was prospering economically and materially, morally and spiritually, it was bankrupt. The nation was judged by God because of its moral and spiritual corruption. Imagine being in the peak condition of any given nation, or golden age, so to speak. Life is great. The economy is thriving. There isn't a single concern for what you'll eat the next day. Now imagine an odd individual constantly warning about judgment. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on the state of Israel leading up to its sudden destruction, as warned by the Lord. In his study, you'll gain a better understanding of the arrogance and pride of those who refuse to heed the warnings of Hosea. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Hosea chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Hosea chapter 4, if you want to turn there in your Bible, Hosea chapter 4. And we're also going to look at Romans chapter 1, so if you want to go ahead and find that and put your, your bookmark or something there at Romans chapter 1, so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Hosea 4, Romans 1. I intended to do chapters 4 through 6. <laughs> I was uh, ambitious, uh, but we're only going to do chapter 4. So there's just a lot here, uh, but I've already got stuff for five and six for like next week. Well, and maybe the week after that, we'll see. So Hosea chapter four, let me pray for us and then we'll get into the word. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word's alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, we thank you that you use your word in our lives to conform us into the image of your son. Lord, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be Our teacher, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, remember, Hosea is a prophet to the northern kingdom. He's living in a time after there was a civil war in Israel. The nation split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. And Hosea is in the northern kingdom And his ministry lasted for a long time, uh, for more than 60 years. Uh, And he was a prophet in the last days of the northern kingdom, before it was conquered by the Assyrians. Uh, Hosea will actually see the nation collapse 
and fall to the Assyrians. So understand that as we're looking at Hosea, Hosea lived in a nation that was on a fast track to destruction. It was on its way to judgment. Uh, And at the same time, the people didn't realize it. The people were blind to what was really going on in their nation. As Hosea warned the nation of the judgment of God that was coming, as he's giving these warnings to them, these prophecies, the nation of Israel was actually very, very prosperous economically. In fact, it was a time of prosperity and peace, second only to the time of David and Solomon. And so you can imagine that the people didn't really believe what Hosea was saying about judgment and about the end. But judgment was coming. Although the nation was prospering economically and materially, morally and spiritually, it was bankrupt. The nation was judged by God because of its moral and spiritual corruption. God judges nations morally. God judges nations morally. Now, as we look at what God says to the nation of Israel in chapter 4, and then next week, chapters 5 and 6, we see what was going on in the nation that brought about this destruction. What was going on in the nation morally, spiritually, that brought God's judgment And it's easy to see parallels between what was happening in Israel and what is happening in our nation today, sadly. Now, in chapters 1 to 3 that we looked at last week, remember the Lord God commanded Hosea to marry a harlot, told Hosea she's going to be unfaithful to you, and the Lord told Hosea his marriage would be a picture of Israel's unfaithfulness to God and God's unfailing love and loyalty to his people. In chapter 4 now, the metaphor changes from that of a marriage to a courtroom and a trial. And here in chapter 4, God begins to bring an indictment against Israel. Takes him to court. Look at verse 1. He says, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. God brings a charge against the people of Israel. And the word charge here, it's a legal term. Israel is brought into the courtroom. God presents charges against Israel. He has a formal indictment against the people. And here is the charge. Note the charge against Israel. There is no truth or mercy, or knowledge of God in the land. Now, God brings this indictment. I want you to understand this. God brings this indictment, not against just any old nation, but against Israel, against his own people, the chosen people, the apple of God's eye. In Romans chapter 3, Paul says the Jews had an advantage over every other nation because they were entrusted with the oracles of God. God gave his word to the Jewish people. 
He gave them the Holy Scriptures, and no other nation did he give it to. He, he gave it to them. God adopted Israel. He revealed himself to them. He gave his word to them. He made covenants with them. He worked miracles and signs in their midst. But now in Hosea's day, there's no knowledge of God in Israel. How can that be? How did they ever get here as a nation where there's no knowledge of God at all in the land? Well, I can tell you, uh, they didn't just drift there unaware. They didn't wander into a place where there's no knowledge of God anywhere in the land of Israel, unintentionally just kind of wander into that. Look down at verse 6. Verse 6 says, they rejected knowledge. They rejected knowledge. They rejected the knowledge of God. As a nation, they rejected God's morals and God's standards of right and wrong. As a nation, they pushed God out. In chapter 11, the Lord will say, my people are bent on backsliding from me. They are bent on backsliding from me. They are determined to desert me. So, there's no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. That's the indictment made against them by God. Now, these three are each connected to each other. When a nation forsakes the knowledge of God, soon truth and mercy are forsaken also. You look at our nation. As we've rejected God and we've rejected God's standards and his morals and pushed God out of society. Truth has become blurred, hasn't it? Truth has become blurred. We can't even agree on a person's gender. You know, just recently, the American Medical Association recommended that we stop identifying a person's gender on their birth certificate. Now, now doctors are smart. And doctors should be able to determine a baby's gender at birth, whether it's a boy or a girl. But the American Medical Association says, no, no, we can't. In fact, we, we should take that off the birth certificate because we, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl when it's born. And that's just one example of how truth is getting blurred in our society. When there's no knowledge of God, when God is pushed out of society, truth gets blurred and mercy disappears. Mercy disappears. There's no mercy. The people become unkind to each other, unloving, unforgiving, violent, intolerant. You know, intolerance is the opposite of mercy. And, and hasn't our society become intolerant and unmerciful? Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. But that's just all symptoms 
That's just all symptoms. That, that's just the byproduct of when a nation rejects God. Now, I, I'm convinced that the things we see happening out there in the culture are spiritual. They are the result of the nation turning away from God and turning away from his standards and turning away from his definitions of right and wrong and adopting standards that are contrary to God and contrary to his word. And I would say, too, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, this is a time for us to be bold for Christ. This is a time, not, not a time to hide your, your lamp or to hide your light. This is a time to let your light shine in society, to go into all the world, or go into your neighborhood, or go into your workplace, or go into your school, or go into your gas station or your grocery store, and proclaim Christ. Proclaim the gospel. Make disciples. We, we have been appointed for such a time as this. And I firmly believe that we're, we're living in the last days and God has appointed us to run the anchor leg for the church. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, Philippians chapter 2 says, We shine as lights in the world in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. The word perverse means twisted. The world is twisted. And we're shining as lights in the midst of a crooked and twisted world. So let your light shine. We've been called to this time. Let your light shine and pray for revival in our nation. Because God coming down and intervening is going to be the only thing that's going to turn things around. It's a spiritual thing. Now, I want you to note the description of society in Israel in verse 2. As she is heading towards destruction, as she is heading towards God's judgment, she's in the final days. As a nation, I love it, over in verse uh, chapter 7, you don't have to turn there, but the way he describes the nation in chapter 7, verse 9 he says, your gray hairs are here, <laughs> and you don't even know it, right? You're old, time's running out kind of thing. Time's almost up for you as a nation. Your gray hairs are here. But So look at this description, though, of, of, of the society as it was nearing the end. Verse 2, by swearing and lying, killing and stealing, And committing adultery, they break all restraint with bloodshed upon bloodshed. This characterized Israel in the last days of that nation. This characterizes a society that 
once honored God and his standards in its past and then completely rejected God and his standards. It's characterized by widespread sin. I mean, this list here violates five of the Ten Commandments. Swearing, lying, killing, stealing, adultery, bloodshed upon bloodshed or murder upon murder, one murder after another, high murder rates in the nation. Notice also the people of Israel desired to break all restraints. They didn't want their behavior restrained by God or restrained by his law or his morals or his standards. They wanted to break all restraint so they could live how they wanted and do what they wanted and do what was right in their own eyes so they could make their own standards and their own morals. They saw God as, as restraining them from doing the things they really wanted to do and having the society they really wanted to have. They wanted to break those restraints. You know, Psalm 2 uh, describes a similar thing. In Psalm 2, I'll just read it to you. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, the Messiah, Jesus. They take counsel together against Jesus, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. The, the rulers there, it's talking about the rulers of the nations. They take counsel together. How, how can we break the bonds of God? How can we cast away their cords from us? How can we break the restraint of the Lord, of God, on our nation and on our society? You know, there's people that think that way. How, how can we get the Bible out of society? How can we get the Christians out? They're restraining us. They're holding us back. They're keeping us from living the way we want. It goes on to say of God, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh because they're trying to come up with these ways of breaking his, his bonds. And then it says, the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and he shall distress them in his deep displeasure. The nations, the leaders of the nations are, are, are plotting and planning and talking. How, how can we get rid of the, of the restraints of God? How can we break the bonds, break the chains that we're under? And, and so they're, they're making their plans, and it says that God in response will distress them. The word distress, it means to make them afraid or anxious or terrified. Would you say that people are fearful these days? <laughs> sure. Now, Romans chapter 1. Turn over to Romans chapter 1 so we can look at this together. Again, we're, we're looking at the nation of Israel in its final days before destruction comes. And we, we see how they want to break all restraints. They don't want to be restrained by God or by his standards. And again, here in Romans chapter 1, we 
We see the Apostle Paul also gives a similar description. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Look what it says in verse 18. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They know the truth. They suppress the truth. They hold it down. They suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God, notice what it says, is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's us, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Here it says in verse 19, that what may be known of God is manifest in every person. Every person has a knowledge of God in their heart. They know. And it has been shown to them through creation. So they've got this knowledge of God in them. They see in creation, and creation testifies. It says that it's clearly seen, and they understand what they see, that there is a God, that he's powerful, that he's able to make things. So he's, he's bigger and older than me because I can't make trees or mountains or clouds. And these things were all here when I was born. So I at least know that much about God. That there is a God who created all of this and he's powerful. And he's been around a long time. It says so that they are without excuse. The, the, the truth has been revealed to them, but they suppress the truth. They don't want to be restrained by the truth. But they know the truth. So they're without excuse. It says in verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. And this is talking about every person. Every person. No one has an excuse. Uh, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They saw themselves as wise when they suppressed the truth of God and when they rejected God and when they rejected God's word and God's testimony. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also, look what it says, because they suppressed the truth, because they rejected the knowledge of God that was revealed to them, because they began to worship creation That's idolatry. Therefore, verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Here it's it's moral uncleanness. God gave them over to just moral uncleanness. And they exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their errors, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Isn't that what we just read in Hosea? They rejected the knowledge of God. 
God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Hosea, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Most people are familiar with the idea that you're more thankful for someone's forgiveness when there's much to forgive. This book is a gracious reminder that God's willing to forget the past and forgive the wrongdoing when you come back to Him. He doesn't hold grudges. He just wants your heart. Do you resonate with what was shared today? If so, would you let us know? You can reach us at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you'd rather get in touch with us over email, you can do that too. Just go to calvaryec.com and look for our email address under the About tab. We'd love to meet you in person too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Hosea, so be sure to join us for our next edition here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.